everyone before we get started just a couple quick announcements first we now have self-study ce courses available on our website right now we only have one course set up as kind of our pilot it's the structure and dynamics of the psyche with gus Swick. and there's actually a podcast episode for the first half of that lecture and so if you're not sure if you're interested you can look that one up and begin listening to it the rest is available on the website and then the ce course portion which is basically just a quiz um, is available for an additional fee and it's linked on the recording page um, as well as if you go to our public programs page on the website there's a self-study section and it will be there other self-study courses will also be added there when um, i have time to upload the quizzes we have a bunch already completed so it's just a matter of finding time to um, add those if you want to be updated on when new courses have been added um, join our mailing list and i'll include a section about self-study quizzes that have been added uh, in the sidebar of emails going forward also the uh, union psychotherapy program and union studies program our two-year um, in-person weekend programs are accepting applications and we've already received a bunch um, and it's a rolling admissions process so the first 30 will be viewed and then everyone else will be put on a wait list so if you want to reserve your space apply as soon as possible the programs run from october 2023 to june 2025 and if you would like to learn more about the programs just go to our website thanks Welcome to the Union Anthology Podcast from the C.J. Young Institute of Chicago. In this episode of Healing Cinema, a Union analyst, Judith Cooper and Daniel Ross, discuss the film Elegy. I'll let them introduce the film, so let's just jump right in. Here we are, we're our next film up. It's been a while, but it's great to be back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, the film is an is a relatively old one, not really old. It's uh, and it's not a classic. I don't think it's a very well known film, but I uh, always loved it. It's called Elegy from two thousand eight, and this is a brief summary of the film. And again, we recommend for our view our listeners that they watch the film and then. Uh, come back and listen to the podcast um, because uh, this, you know, obviously we're going to be talking about all kinds of uh, things that happen in the film. So if you don't like spoilers, uh, Mm -hmm. you want to see the film first. Yeah. So it's a story of, uh, it focuses on um, the male main character is David Kepesh, who's played in the film by Ben Kingsley of Gandhi fame very different role here. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a 62-year-old divorced college literature professor, cultural critic on the radio, with one adult son from whom he is estranged or with whom he is in chronic conflict. David has no interest in, quote, the prison of monogamous marriage, and instead he chooses to have an affair every year with one of his students, waiting until classes end. 
when he chooses when he chooses a, a sophisticated 24-year-old Cuban-American former student, Consuela Castillo, played by Penelope Cruz, he finds himself falling in love and becoming unusually, for him, attached to her. The plot thickens with David decompensating into jealous possessiveness. The affair with this woman upends his life, as we'll be talking about, and his sense of a reliable self. His trusted friend George, played by Dennis Hopper, warns him not to become overly attached to this younger woman. So um, Dan and I have both also read the book that this is a screen adaptation of by Philip Roth, a Philip Roth novel called The Dying Animal. And just to say, too, that it's a female director of this film. She's Catalan. Um, Her name is Isabel I'm not sure how to pronounce her last name. Cochette, I think. Yeah. Isabel Cochette. Um, so we're going to be talking too, I hope, about how this film, based on a novel written by a man, direct the film directed by a woman may change mm. the uh, feeling of the, mm-hmm. the story. So, and just to add, I... Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It was written. The screenplay was written by Nicholas Mayer. Mm. Uh, yes, and I've seen some of his other movies. Um, See, he's pretty well known. Uh, he's pretty well known mm-hmm. screenwriter. Yeah, but you know, this is interesting to me. I'll j- jump right into this mm-hmm. idea that because I had the same experience between with the Lost Daughter between the mm-hmm. film and. Mm-hmm. The the film to me tries to uh, tries to finish something that is left I think deliberately unfinished in the book. In other words, the the tension in the book that's you know that, that rises to this dialogue not you know not just with George now that George eventually dies and now he's having dialogue with the George mm-hmm. <laughs> voice yeah. in him right? right right about whether to go to Consuela who is who is dying and um and this the the the, the dis- discernment or discrimination of these two parts of him mm-hmm. uh whether to go to her uh or to or to stay in his life as this you know committed uh um Don Juan, or yes, whatever yes. we want to call him. Yeah. Um, and his last line is, if you go, you're finished. Yeah, in the book, the last line. In the book, in the yes, book. Yes. And and the and the ending in, in the others uh, is completely different. It has completely this feel different. of of um, trying to, what? Trying to collapse the tension that's left over. You know, and whether that's the, the 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 screenplay writer or the director or a combination of the two, because somehow we get the sense, oh, now David is, uh, you know, is a complete man. He's breaking down. He's, you know, yes, he's yes. in love with this woman. He's at her bedside, you know, after surgery. And um, yes, yes, uh, we're left hanging. Except I think, and I hope we'll get to this, that there's lines in the film that's suggest otherwise okay as well but i think i think that's a a great point that um maybe it's up as you as you often say it's it's left to the viewer mm-hmm. to figure out 
where the tension is and and like we're doing and yeah. how to how to resolve the tension if at all if possible mm-hmm. but, yeah so but again, i started i started with the end let's go yeah, <laughs> let's yeah. go to the beginning yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and you know we're already in the realm of death here um, yeah because elegy is the word means lament for the dead what's dying or what has died mm-hmm. um the book is called the dying animal um and it turns out it is a meditation on aging yes and mortality along with um this i think what i would like to call toxic masculinity of david mm-hmm. um the character mm-hmm. um or so i also like to say love in the time of patriarchy Yes, um, that does. To, yes, yes. To love. Um, I think it's it's really f- funny to me now. The opening scene is David being interviewed by Charlie Rose, the TV yeah, yeah. host. Charlie Rose <laughs> yeah. is a victim of Me Too. Yes. And yes. with multiple sexual harassment allegations, he's you know what got fired from whatever CBS or PBS and. So I think that's really an ironic touch. It really <laughs> is the real life, real life character, right? The, uh-huh. the, the, the David Kapesh is a character, uh, uh, but you know uh, Charlie Rose actually lived that kind of life, using his power to uh, seduce women mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or try to anyway, and using mm-hmm. his power to to assault women too. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. We if we had uh, talked about this uh, when it when it came out, we wouldn't have known any of that. No, we wouldn't have. That's right. Much like uh, Weinstein, it was all hidden, mm-hmm. relatively hidden. Uh, so they're uh, in the. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say just to, the the you know the difference in titles kind of speaks to what I was talking mm. about before mm. the dying. The Dying Animal uh, is from a poem by Yeats, uh, uh, Sailing to Byzantium, which is Yeats' meditation on his mortality. And I forget the quote uh, exactly, but it's, oh, yes, here it is. Uh, This is the stanza. Consume my heart away, sick with desire, and fastened to a dying animal. It knows not what it is. So this is this is Yeats, you know, in by Byzantium, in in marveling, and idealizing the uh, image of the gold enameled buildings uh, that for him was an image of immortality and, you know, uh, transcending the 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 mortal body, right? And his dis- disdain for the body here is you know strapped to a dying animal that, that oh. sums up his relationship to his body is very interesting here right so the because, need the need to disengage from that just deny that yeah 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 which i don't think is um i don't think is playing out with kepish with the, with, with the character mm-hmm. because i think he is you know, despite you know his language, and despite his description in the porn- pornography in his language, uh, I think he's mm-hmm. moving towards uh, towards some type of transcendence where the the body and the spirit are are merged. Yeah. I, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. He is aware 
that he's he's aging. He has yes. those great lines in the beginning. He quotes the famous Betty Davis line, "Old age is for sissies." Is not for sissies. Yeah. And he and he also quotes the line um, by Tolstoy. Uh, the biggest it's is all in a voiceover. Mm-hmm. Um, the biggest surprise in a man's life is old age. Mm. And even in the book, um, the epigraph in the book by the novelist um, Edna O'Brien is the body contains the life story just as much as the brain. Mm. So, I like that. Yeah. So you can't escape the body. Right. And I read a quote somewhere where to call it instincts is is diluting the reality that the we're an animal we're in yes. the, we're in the body mm-hmm. we're in the, we're in a body so um he's the 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 character is aware that this is happening mm-hmm. but he's still in this denial process and he's he's not and we we will go through because i think there there's a way he seesaws back and forth with um recognition and then pulls back Yes. From that recognition that yes. he's he's going to die and maybe he should grow up like George says to him at some yeah. point. Don't worry yeah. about growing old. Grow, yeah. Worry about growing up. Yes, 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 <laughs> yes, yes. But George is, is an interesting character because at the same time, he he elevates David. Uh, you know, that, you know, you, you, you know, you're the you're the professor of love. You know, you're you know, you got you know, quite the life here. You don't want to, you know, get married. You don't want to, you know, get attached to anybody yet. He's married. And there's a, there's a a line uh, early on in which he's telling David, you know, that he's, you know, he's discovered a new level uh, in his relationship with his wife, you know, this, uh, which was very interesting and kind of, you know, paradoxical to, to how George, you know, wants to keep David from, from, you know, going, moving into his mortality of, you know, of growing up. You know what I mean? There's kind of a paradox there. There is. It's both, they're full of contradictions, both of mm-hmm. them. Or you can watch the seesawing back and forth because there's yeah. that late scene in the movie where we, where Consuela and David are out walking on the street and they see, Consuela sees George in a in a restaurant or bar yes. with another woman. Yes. And she brings this to David. Isn't that your friend? What do you think about that? Yeah. yeah. So he may be talking more to his wife, but yeah, yeah. he's acting out. He's doing the same thing. Yeah. He's, yeah, he's he's acting out too. As if to, you know, it's just from a metaphoric standpoint, this is the symbol of the split, right? Mm-hmm. That he can't he can't bring the erotic to his marriage. Yeah. Right? It's the spiritual. As said, the, yes. the, the and I think we'll talk about this. Um hopefully the the way sexuality is is uh it's it contains the spiritual which yes. we've lost. Yes, yes. In that culture. Yes. Um so, uh, yeah, there, the, the, I think to use the word split is really important. Yeah. yeah. Split, and yeah. this is a story of that split. And, you know, and um, in The Sacred Prostitute, which is a book mm-hmm. um, I'll reference, uh, mm-hmm. Nancy Qualls Corbett, 
the, the forward to the, the sacred prostitute, eternal aspect of the feminine. Um, there's a forward by Marion Woodman that I, I just want to quote very, very briefly sure. at the end of the forward. She's speaking to exactly what we're talking about here. Mm -hmm. So long as we are unconscious of the divinity inherent in matter, sexuality can be manipulated to fulfill ego desire. Mm -hmm. The sacred prostitute is not present, nor is the goddess being invoked. Instead of manifesting as a transformative power that can mediate between wounded instinct and the radiance of the divine, the goddess is called upon to justify lust and sexual license. And she's she's really providing a postscript to the entire book, which was about how in in ancient times uh, sex was elevated. Mm -hmm. It was uh, it was divine. It was the heroes uh, uh, gamos, gamos, the mm -hmm. the sacred Great wedding, marriage. you know, mm -hmm. and the priest, mm -hmm. uh, the the um, the sacred prostitute was. Somebody like, you know, that we talked about from the story of uh, Gilgamesh, going back to the mm -hmm. some Sumerian times, mm -hmm. was a elevated woman mm -hmm. whose sexuality was required to to bring uh, to to serve the mediate. goddess of love, to mediate the goddess mm -hmm. of love and goddess of mm -hmm. fertility. Interestingly, mm -hmm. uh, on New Year's. The the, oh. the beginning of the summer solstice oh. isn't that interesting? And the book oh, takes the place, book. Yeah. rises yeah. to a crescendo yes. or, or a completion yeah. on New Year's, which I yes. thought was interesting. Wow, I got the chills. That is that. What a connection there, Dan. Yeah, it's the film too. That's in the film. She yes. comes back to see him on New Year's Eve. Yes. And she and we've talked about in our previous discussions about this, how she was like an Aphrodite. Yeah. She was this, I mean, Penelope Cruz is absolutely stunning in this yeah. film. And I mean, she's a beautiful woman and uh, she's like a goddess. And she <laughs> to me, she's like this trickster archetypal energy mm. sent to awaken him mm -hmm. to the spiritual aspects of sexuality, which he has split off yes. uh, in his life. He yes. only wants sex and yes. no strings attached sex, yes. which is so common still it is. in this pornographically drenched culture that we live in. Yes. Uh, so, wow. So I hope you reference that book more that that's, um, the whole idea of the sacred prostitute. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's kind of, you know, I, I, I when we first started talking about this and you brought it up and I, I know the book title, I've never read the book yet. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I want to get it now that you quoted this great quote by Marion Woodman, but it, to, as a feminist, it's like, I, I'm not sure I want to go there yeah. And, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. and elevate this. Yeah exploitation yeah. however archetypally it's this whole other level yeah. that you're saying that is yeah. so crucial that we've lost yeah yeah so. yeah you know it 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 reminds me you know this all roads lead to this to, for me and that is um the whole you know my whole training you know this whole mm -hmm. this whole analytic uh, experience and and pedagogy has been around discovery of the divine and mm -hmm. and that we're really in service of that we lost that you know centuries mm -hmm. ago and 
And but that's what's missing. And you know, so when you we imagine how how wise the you know or the ancients were in how they they uh, how they uh, how they saw sexuality um, was in service to uh, of t- to the divine and to uh, you know the the fertility of the soil and in preparation mm-hmm. for you know mm-hmm. for for farming for you know it was it reminds me that you know we are in service in in mm-hmm. our analytic mm-hmm. work in our clinical mm-hmm. work to this divine that it's you know we're just playing a part just like the sacred prostitute is playing part mm-hmm. just like the stranger you know part the 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 sacred um other, imi- other. yeah the, like because that. the the stranger so so mm-hmm. the the mm-hmm. as the story went the um the maiden um before she was married would go to the temple and as the sacred prostitute or taking on that role which meant that she was representing the god goddess um of uh, anana uh mm-hmm. ishtar mm-hmm. you know aphrodite, aphrodite. Mm-hmm. all of them mm-hmm. that she representing the stranger was representing the emiss as an emissary of the god mm-hmm. so the 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 sacred prostitute is representing the goddess and there there you have the sacred union the sacred mm-hmm. the sacred wedding mm-hmm. they all was in service of of the divine in fact the stranger would leave money but the money was not for the woman. Mm. The money was for the god, for the goddess, mm. for the for the mm. sacred rite, mm. for the temple, mm. right? Mm-hmm. And then they had all got you know mm-hmm. devolved into prostitution, which was, mm. um, which became you know it, it took all the sacred mm-hmm. elements and divine mm-hmm. elements out of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's not forget too, or let's not overlook that it's not only the divine, I mean, that's a huge enough. I mean, right, right. That's, that's the huge thing, right? But when yeah. you say the spiritual, it's also elevating the feminine. Yes. Yes. And, and so that's what's missing too in, in, well, as we know in our culture and in the story that, he just reduces her to a body, mm-hmm. sexual body, a sexual mm-hmm. object, really. Even though once he falls in love with her, he's he's caught. And he's doesn't, caught. Doesn't know how to manage and bring those two together. That's um, so interesting. So it starts out as his seduction of her, which he he did he tells over and over. He does with over hundreds of women, uh, women mm-hmm. from after mm-hmm. class was over. Mm-hmm. Um, but it becomes her seduction of him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. She, he is, he is totally becomes possessed and obsessed yeah. with uh, owning her mm-hmm. and jealous. And uh, she's, she stays grounded. Her character is fascinating. What he's attracted to in her, he talks about, as a voiceover and in the book, you read how he sees her as the, her, her, the, the writing is, is gorgeous. Um, uh, her, um, let me see if I can find the exact words. He says something about her, her potent, the potency of her stillness was yeah. enormous. Yes. The yes. Potency of her yes. stillness. Yes. She's this self-contained, self-possessed woman. 
Yes. Who he says she doesn't know the power she has. Yes. Um, which is also attractive to her. Yes. To him, to him rather. Uh, I'm not sure that's true because he's coming at it from a logos mm. uh, uh, mm-hmm. attitude. And she's coming at it from a um, uh, an eros mm-hmm. attitude. You know what I mean? Yeah. So when he when he said that that she doesn't know because he makes several remarks that she doesn't know what she's doing or she, you know, and I thought that was demeaning. And she carries mm-hmm. a wisdom mm-hmm. that may not be logos, right? Exactly. And we find out that she wants something from him in that mm-hmm. in a, a, a wisdom is a good word uh, because she's trying to unite. That's what Eros does. It unites the opposites. It unites yes. what's split off yes. in a related way. And that's what she's bringing to him. And that's what he can't uh, awaken to. Yeah. You know, I, one of the things in, in, in the book, The Sacred Prostitute, is she, they talk mm-hmm. about the difference in term, in what virgin historically meant mm-hmm. in ancient times. The virgin meant a woman who is self-possessed, a woman whose who's, um, womanhood is not dependent on a man, is not defined by a man. Well, that's the virgin goddesses, right? That's Ar- the virgin Artemis, goddesses. They're one yes. in themselves. They're, yes. Yeah. Huh. And she I, carries that. And that's part of what he's fascinated with. Yes. Yeah. So what that says to me, too, is this gets into this whole area of attachment, right? Mm. And dependency and independence, Mm -hmm. because there's many lines in the both the book and the film about how he has struggled to always maintain his independence. Yes. He's what in our field we call counter dependent. He's Mm -hmm. so phobic about mm-hmm. dependency that he can't let anything interfere with that independence and falling yeah. in love um upends all yeah. of that yeah yeah and that's yeah, yeah. what eros does yeah true. um and that's what the trickster does too it upends his sense yeah. of his, his confidence he talks about this his confidence is gone yeah when he falls in love with her yeah yeah um he becomes completely uh, he follows her. That's there's a scene where he uh, she says, "I'm going out dancing with my brother," mm-hmm. and he looks up the bar and he follows. You know, he he shows up, yeah. and there she is, and she confronts him. She says, "What are you doing here?" Mm-hmm. And then later, and then she doesn't call him for two days or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. And and then she calls and and they meet, and he's and she says to him, uh, "You're going to have to learn how to trust me." Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Don't ruin our relationship by your jealousy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you know, this is it, so interesting. He really struggled with this and perhaps Roth did too, because what he wanted from her was to, for her to be obsessed with his yes. cock. Yes, he has <laughs> I'll, a great line. I'll say it. I apologize. There's going to be a lot of profanity in this. But but in the way that he was obsessed with her breasts. Right. But that's not what she was about. No, no. It was about some, she was about something else, and it just drove him crazy yes. that he couldn't yes. get that. Yeah. That, oh, that's so great to relate it to his fascination with her breasts. This, mm-hmm. Because he's got this great line, how he says, this is a woman 
who will say a thousand times, I adore you, but will never talk about his cock. That was the quote. <laughs> and he he's mesmerized by her breasts. Mm-hmm. And it's so fetishized. He And he says outright, he says, I worship them. Mm-hmm. I worship them. And mm-hmm. so he's bringing in the sacred, but yes. not in the way we're talking about. Well, it's... Yeah, I, I hear that, but something it, it changes in her because she loves his adoration. Yes. She, yes. you know, whatever she is falling in love with, part of it has has to be this adoration because she eventually needs him to re mm-hmm. re enliven that yeah. at, at the end of the story oh. to, to you know, and it became for her also about the breast. So there's something right. in his objectification you know there's two there's two ways of looking at this you can look at this which is i think um roger ebert's review was you know um, i i I started reading zuckerman i got so tired of you know the f-bombs that he was throwing and this This misogyny yeah yeah yeah. another series but the same character he goes and he was reading he was reading that prior to uh writing the review for elegy and he says you know he just i'm sorry phil i just like I couldn't continue, right? So that's you know if we you, we got to get past the 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 pornography, the the language, the you know to to really I think understand what's going on here. This man is really suffering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, from that, I'm so glad you brought this up because from a female point of view, yeah, the the storyline is right. She goes back to him on New Year's Eve after after a a break of two two or three years where yeah. he says he finally got over the loss because she breaks off well, I hope we'll get to that because she breaks off the relationship Consuela breaks off the relationship for a yes. very important reason which important we'll come reason. back to yes. uh but he she goes back to him because she's gotten this diagnosis of breast cancer and she's about to have surgery to have her breasts removed and she goes back to David because he worshiped her breasts and she wants to be, like you said, reanimated with that, with that and to feel the loss and not just, no, she wants to have the loss balanced out by that love that he had for her breasts. Well, I think what's going on there uh, is that there's a lot of uh, talk in the film about beauty. And there's a line right in the right from the get go. He's vulnerable to beauty mm. and um, he's transfixed by her beauty. And I mean, let's set aside for a minute the idea that that is um, a symbol of youth. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in the culture that, right you know uh only young people can be beautiful i mean older people are not the beauty of old age is not uh named and that has everything to do with death i think mm-hmm. so um see he's denying the whole issue of aging and mortality however um i think for women uh it, 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 George said it. George, George he has this. Uh, I think it's um, George says beautiful women are invisible. Visible, yes. You don't actually see the person, and that's right on. Yes. And he talks yes. about. He says we. This is I think 
brilliant. Um, we see the beautiful shell. We're blocked by the beauty barrier. Yes, yes. And we're so dazzled by the outside, we never make it inside yes. to the person. And then uh, later in the film, after George has a stroke and dies, his friend, he has a, David has a conversation with George along these same lines where George says to David in his head, did you ever see her? Mm. I mean, all of her. Yeah. And David says, I didn't understand what I saw. Mm. And then, interestingly, Consuelo sa- Consuela says to David in the hospital, I didn't think you would come because I'm no longer beautiful. Yes. And yes. the point I want to make is that for women get caught, too, in that beauty barrier. Yes. A yes. Be- I've, I've treated women... Um, I remember one woman I treated who was model gorgeous. Mm -hmm. She felt like a monster. She also had a trauma history. Mm -hmm. But women get caught by this beauty barrier. And they because the culture, we know that in social psych, they do all these studies that if you're beautiful, you can be more successful in life. Yes, yes. Get the job, you get the guy. You get the other woman, you know, so it's a it's an issue in the culture. Yeah, I agree. So he gets there. And I think that was just really great to read. Yes. Yes. Uh, in this very kind of misogynistic book that's trying to get somewhere else. Yes. With yes, love. Yes. Uh, so. Yes. He, he He's struggling. He really is struggling in seeing her all the way in the book, all the way to the end. Um, I think the movie resolves that. Um, and this, you know, her struggle with identification with this, this goddess image, um, and her, her, her love of this goddess image that he is worshiping. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a part of her is that is trying to break into her humanness, into her right, right. whole-bodied womanhood. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. She's trying to bring him along to get to yes. a related place that yes. is not just about sex. Yes. There again, yes. there is a split between sexuality and emotional relatedness. Yes. Um, so the, so let's go back to the, where, how they break up. Cause it's yes. so important. So they, um, the story unfolds and we learn that they're in it. They're in this relationship for like a year and a half. I think he makes a, yes. and, uh, there's a scene in a restaurant where Consuela says to him, I want to ask you something. I'm, my parents are throwing me a graduation party, She's graduating with a graduate degree, and I want you to come. And you didn't come when I invited you to Thanksgiving, and I did. And my parents are saying, "Who is this mystery man that you're dating? They want to meet you. It's important for me to, for you, for for me, for you to come to this party." Mm-hmm. And what happens is he says yes. And he will be there. And she is just ecstatic. She's mm-hmm. really happy. Mm-hmm. And uh, we see one of the next scenes is uh, he's in his car. 
And he's on the phone saying to her, oh, I got stuck in traffic. I'm not going to be able to make it. By the time I get there, it's going to be too late. Yeah. And he's lied. He's lying. And she knows it. She knows it. Or uh, she's completely disappointed and starts crying on the phone. And we learn later that that's she broke it off. Yeah. At that point, she broke it off. Yeah. And it's this is um, until, you know, she comes back to him. Right. Two years later um, with this uh, illness that she's. um, So there's a line so your 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 point about how you feel that the film resolved this tension uh, again i'm not so sure because it's not as blatant as in the book when the last line of the book says if you go to her in the hospital you'll be finished mm-hmm. you're, 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 you'll you won't, you'll be lost basically yes. Yes. <laughs> um uh in the in the in the film uh he he says to in in his mind to George in his fantasies. There, I think you, you see it acted out, but I, I'm not exactly sure. But anyway, there's a line where he says he's saying it to George. He says, "Who breaks off a relationship because I didn't attend a graduation party?" He doesn't get it. Yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't get, get it, it, Dan. Yeah, no, he doesn't get it. He doesn't, he doesn't get, get it. it. No, he, you're right. You're right because he's still enamored with the um, with the 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 goddess. Uh, the a goddess that he has to worship, and he can't let the the woman come come out of it. He can't let go of the projection. So her normal, he, and he says this line in there. Or I don't know if it's in the book. It might be in the book. He says, "I didn't expect her to be so normal." Huh. That's what. Oh, that's what threw that. him. Huh. Yeah, like okay, she wants me to come to this party, and you know. Well, she wants to celebrate her graduation. She wants to, she's being initiated. Uh, he was part of that initiation. Uh, she elevated him because of his brilliance and his knowledge culture. and his culture. And and so he couldn't finish the job. I mean, if he's an initiator, he couldn't finish the job. All he had to do was go to this party because because he had to hold on to this image, this persona of, you know, that he's not... He doesn't need anybody and that, but he doesn't get what she needs. Right. And what she needs is emotional intimacy. She wants involvement in her life. She wants him to meet her parents. She wanted to marry him. I bet she was totally in love with him. She wanted a life uh, of emotional intimacy and he could not give that to her. Yeah. And I think what I, I didn't catch this the first time I saw the movie, but the second time he's in bed with her. So he's complete, you know, on the face of it, it looks like he's completely upended, right? He's a cry. She comes to tell him about this diagnosis and he says, and he starts weeping. Mm-hmm. He's a, he's in a puddle. Yeah. And she says to him at some point, you're more panicky than I am. You're more scared yeah. than I am. Yeah. And because he, he said to her, did you panic? Were you frightened? And she said, yes, not initially, but then she was. And he's he's an emotional mess. Yeah. And you think, oh, my God, he's really changing. He's he's opened up 
through the suffering and the loss of her, he's opened up and become a changed person and left his persona behind yeah. and wants to be connected to her in an emotional way. So he goes to the, he consults his son, who's a doctor. We haven't talked much about the son relationship, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's interesting, though, in terms of the bitterness and the hatred with the son. But anyway, his son is a doctor. He goes to his son. He finds out what the normal course of, you know, uh, when she'll be out of ICU because of the surgery. He, go, he goes to her, bottom line. He goes to her in the hospital, which is, like you said, very different than the book. He, 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 um, goes to her, he gets in bed with her, he hugs her. She says, I didn't think you'd come because I'm no longer beautiful, but he, he, um, oh, there's another line with that. I want to find it in my notes because I think it's important, but I what I want, I just want to finish this up and say that he gets in bed with her and she has this line where she says, I will miss you. Mm. I will miss you. So yeah. she's not, She's not taken in yes. by his behavior. Yes. Too late, yes. David. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Which yeah. was so stunning to me because she is not willing to be his teacher in this way anymore. She's just yeah. had it. Yeah, interesting. Wow. I will miss you. I will and miss he's, you. he's, I think my fantasy is he's thinking, I'm changed. I love her. I want to get back in with, you know, with being in a relationship with her. And I think that the line is, oh, something about, will you still love me when I don't have my breasts? And he never answers well, her. And he sa she says, will you want to fuck me if ah, I yes. lose my breasts? There you go. And he doesn't answer he her. He doesn't answer her. I'm going, talk. I'm saying, talk. <laughs> My God, tell her, you know, it reminds me of that poem that I sent you by Robert Haas, the the yes. one, yeah. Uh if we have time at the end, well, I can I can I get the poem, we can we can read it because it yes, really, yes. really speaks to this. It does, it does. Oh yeah. In fact, read it now, Dan. If you read have it a now. candy. Oh, it's yeah. oh, that's oh. But I I I think what you're saying is very important here. She knew he wouldn't be able to tolerate her humanness. Exactly. That's a great way of putting it. Yeah. Yeah. And the tragedy of that and the tragedy of a lot of men who grow up in this culture that can't relate emotionally. Yes. Yes. There is a cult. There is this, this movie really speaks to the culture. These, these are the kinds of movies that you and I like that really bring out something that's going on in the culture. Yeah. 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 And how, it is. We, how we're affected by that in our yes. lives, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. And it gives us the opportunity to really amplify some of these themes and to dig under the, what are the yeah. archetypal yeah. themes going on here. Yeah. It's yeah. kind of like, you know, Jung's, you know, the spirit of the times versus spirit of the depths. Mm. You know, we're, mm -hmm. the movie reflects spirit of the times, but there is in that the spirit of the depths that we can dive into. Right. It's so, always trying to reveal itself and push through yes, yes, yes. to recognition. In a, in a good film. In a, you know, in a good film. And the film doesn't have to be great. It, no. You know, the, the, this, this right. film, you know, you know is, is good. But mm -hmm. but it brings out good these enough. themes. Good enough, right? Uh, the, it's a poem by Robert Haas, uh, and it's called "A Story About the Body." Mm -hmm. 
A young composer working that summer at an artist colony had watched her for a week. She was Japanese, a painter, almost 60, and he thought he was in love with her. He loved her work, and her work was like the way she moved her body, used her hands, looked at him directly when she mused, and considered answers to his questions. One night, walking back from a concert, they came to her door, and she turned to him and said, I think you would like to have me. I would like that too. But I must tell you that I've had a double mastectomy. And when he didn't understand, she said, I've lost both my breasts. The radiance that he had carried around in his belly and chest cavity, like music, withered quickly. And he made himself look at her when he said, I'm sorry, I don't think I could. He walked back to his own cabin through the pines, and in the morning, he found a small blue bowl on the porch outside his door. It looked to be full of rose petals, but he found when he picked it up that the rose petals were on top. The rest of the bowl, she must have swept them, swept the corners of the studio, was full of dead beads. It's stunning. It, it is really is. Stunning. And of course, the bee is is a symbol of the goddess. Yes, yes. Um, it, 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 you know, I, I, I for me, that this whole idea <laughs> of the breasts, as a, and 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 how fetishized it is in the culture, is so symbolic of men's un uh, unprocessed dependency needs. Mm-hmm. I mean, after all, the breast is there to give milk to a child and nourish it. So we have magnified that and turned it into this fetish of sexuality without without the humanness. Like you said, there's that, uh, you know, you probably know this film. It's one of those romantic comedies, um, Notting Hill. With yes. Hugh Grant and yeah. uh, what's her name, Julia Roberts. Julia Roberts, yeah. And at some point, there's a great scene in there where she says to him, "They're in bed. Uh, they've connected." And she says to him, "What is it about men and breasts? They're just breasts." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he didn't have an answer for her. I no, thought. he didn't have yeah. an answer for her. Yeah. Well, yeah, and you know. It it feels that, you know, we've talked about this in my practice, Mm. that men reach a stage in which um, they don't know it, but they're searching for intimacy, even if that's being Mm. prodded by their wives or partners. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because sex now, uh, often, uh, the Mm -hmm. woman has uh, has stopped wanting sex. Mm -hmm. And, And because they're looking for an intimacy that they haven't yet experienced. And the man is struggling with that because his only definition of intimacy has been sex. Mm-hmm. Um, the woman on the other side of the equation doesn't, it, her, her, her struggle or suffering is in the identification that we're talking about, that their, their beauty, uh, their mm-hmm. worth has been defined by the man. Mm-hmm. And right. they're tr- they're right. trying to figure out well how do they how do they become the the, the full woman how do they become the mm-hmm. self possessed woman mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know and so it's like these these two sides of 
two sides that are, are struggling in the same dynamics, same compulsive dynamics, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. trying to move out of them. And I think our, our interest in, in films uh, has been recently how the, the, mm-hmm. the sexual compulsivities mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. draw people together, but whether or not they can move out of that into deeper relationship, like nine and a half mm-hmm. weeks. Right. Mm-hmm. Where the mm-hmm. the compulsivity, the the numinosity of the sex, it just it, it wears itself out. It just it mm-hmm. you know loses something, and and mm-hmm. you know it either mm-hmm. in some movies can move into a deeper uh, relationship, more spiritual, more mm-hmm. combined body and soul experience, mm-hmm. or it has it's just done. It's done. Mm-hmm. It's played itself out. It's almost as if that that numinous energy. Mm-hmm is a starting point that doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily get f- never finished right mm-hmm. and it plays itself out in in, in uh in this perversity you know mm-hmm. that with, it, it has to ratchet up more and more um things that create that numinosity with that with losing lose the but there's there's a um uh, there's a, a phrase i recently came across called dark numinosity Mm. The the shadow yes. is so it's so shadowed yes. that it 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 will burn itself out in not a good way. I mean, we talked about that other movie, Bitter Moon, where they end up, I think, killing each other in some yeah. way because the perverse things that they have to do in a sexualized way keeps getting more and more disembodied, really. Yes, yes. Disembodied or lack yes. of humanness, lack yes. of uh, the the Yes. Yeah, there's a great line in female perversions. Mm. Um, in a perversion, there is no freedom. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that I think that speaks to, you know, there is both, you know, this is, you know, the female perversions was very Freudian, you know, so everything was brought back to childhood trauma. Mm-hmm. You know, from a Jungian perspective, there mm-hmm. is the the potential for something deeper, uh, more transcendent, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, which I think is playing out in this film. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, I agree. The potential is there. Consuela yeah. brings that yes. to David. She's holding that potential. That's what she wants. Yes. She wants that emotional intimacy. Yes. Um, and she can't understand she loves this. The, she loves the adoration, like you're saying. She loves that, but not if it's split. Not if the sacrifice. Her whole, her, yes. Right. Right. Not, not, yes. And she keeps bringing, you know, all these different ways uh, that she's bringing her individuality, her her mm-hmm. womanhood, her into the relationship. Even by the end of the film, bringing herself mm-hmm. to back to him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Was I think a way to, um, to to reengage and for him to see her humanness, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, even though she arrives at a, a place, uh, you know, apparently that she realizes that he's not going to be able to, he's not mm-hmm. going to be able to finish this. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, and it, it, you know, it, why I think this film was so powerful for me too is that. Uh, you, he appears to see her humanness, yes. his emotion, all the crying that he does, the suffering. Like I was, you know, we were saying before, the suffering of losing her. Mm-hmm. 
we have this idea in, in Jungian circles that suffering can be very uh, transcendent mm-hmm. and it, we can individuating and some, but sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's and just neurotic why, suffering. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. Jung has that great line about unconscious suffering. Uh, yeah. If we, if we suffer consciously, so what does that mean? We've connected the dots. We've done a, an inventory as a, yeah, yeah, yeah. of our own complexes and know what yeah. it's connected to and then grieve and suffer consciously. Then we can change. Yes. Yes. But, I so think I, that, I think the line was um, unconscious suffering is an accident. Oh, That's what happens oh. to him. Her, her dying is an accident, something for which he was unprepared. And uh-huh, that's, that uh-huh. speaks to his lack of maturity. Uh-huh. A man that's 61 or 62 or however old he was should be uh-huh. quite aware of death, right? Yeah. That this is a potentiality, but he's acting, yeah. you know, this crying. Yeah, this crying struck me as, oh, this is this feels very neurotic. This feels, oh, I'm losing my breasts, you know, <laughs> rather than the this woman, this whole woman right. that he right. that is asking to be completely loved and, and not just an aspect of her. Right. Right. That's really the unconscious suffering is an accident. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's great. Um, so, so the suffering yeah. that you're talking about is conscious yeah. suffering. That's something that we voluntarily move into. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, there's a line I came across too, um, where, um, the 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 root meaning to lust. Uh, let me find it in my notes. Uh, in it, lust in old Germanic language means religious joy. Hmm. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it fits wow. right in with the sacred prostitute. Ex- yes, it does. Wow, that is amazing. Mm-hmm. That we've d- d- devolved. The language has mm-hmm. devolved. Mm-hmm. Uh, in in this mm. split to just something that's sexual, mm-hmm. you know, we were talking about the cultural influence. You know, this this whole experience of with you know my practice um, with young people and the dating apps and these mm-hmm. dating, you know, and this the the the, the promiscuity of sex, the the frequency of sex, the it's almost as if they have sex before they talk. It's, right, right. It's right. almost a given. You know, you take somebody out for dinner and you expect to have sex, and there's there's there's, there's no no intimacy involved. No, there. no, right. You know, I, as you were talking, I was thinking. You know, my, uh, the association I had. Well, yeah, right. Like like sites like Tinder. Well, yeah. it made me think of the line in the book. There's a line in the book, and I, they may be. It may be. Part of it um, in the, it, George and he may be having a conversation about it. I can't remember if it's in the film exactly, but he says, um, uh, "Let me find it." Um, you're going to rule out dominance. You're going to rule out yeah, 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 yielding. Yeah. Yes, Do- dominating is the flint. Talk about yes. t- Tinder. Uh, am I confusing? Uh, isn't something you start a fire with? Is that Tinder? It's or, uh, uh Kindle. 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 Kindling. 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 Oh, oh, sorry. That's okay. Uh, but yeah, dominating dominating is the flint. It strikes the spark. It keeps it going. Yes. 
So, I mean, that, so, I mean, I thought when he talked about um, you're going to rule out dominance, you're going to rule out yielding. I thought of the Salenza book, Iran. Yes. 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 You need both, right? Yes. You need, we're not going to, we're not trying to rule out. We're trying to yes. balance out yeah. receptivity and potency. Yes. 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 I'm glad you brought that up. So Tinder does mean uh, a dry flammable material such okay. as a little paper. So you were right, you were right on oh there. It's another word for Kindle. Yeah. Yes. So, it, I mean, it speaks to they're trying to get something going yes. that's more whole. Yes. But they can't get they there. They can't already. because yeah. they can't. They can't get this. The, this the, the whole initiation. Mm-hmm. They just get the ritual. You know, it's like, you know, initiations in fraternities. They just get the ritual portion. Yeah. They get humiliation, but yeah. it it, yeah. it devolves into that. It doesn't. Power. Hold, it's about power. It's not about the spiritual. There's no divine presence there to contain and hold and and you know, it's it's amazing. But I I do want to that line around surrender. Oh no no, he uses the word yielding as you said. So he to him it's about power and yielding, power and yielding, like like a dominant and submission. He doesn't talk about surrender. Which is, you know, Emmanuel Emmanuel Gent's article on on uh, uh, masochism, sadism, and I, f- I forget the t- long this long title, but he oh. talks about the difference between dominance and submission, which are just two sides of the same coin, mm-hmm. um, which all have to do with with uh, a person. We're either mm-hmm. dominant to a person or submissive to a person, and then he talks about surrendering. Surrendering is to a, a larger process oh, a larger sure, sure, the larger yeah. surface a service uh, like service uh-huh. to the goddess like we were talking about right right oh well that's great because but it reminds me there's another line he says when he's in this conversation about uh you're going to give up dominance you're going to you're going to rule out yielding he says maybe this is just in the book but he says there's always opposing forces yes so unless one is inordinately fond of subordination, mm-hmm. one is always at war. Yes, 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 yes. So uh, he, can't, he, 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 he can't um, recognize that if he could s- submit yes. <laughs> and be sub- subordinate to a larger, something larger, yes. then there doesn't have to be always war. That can fuel... Yes. The yes. relationship in a deeper way. Yes, and we can switch back and forth. Even Salenza in her book says we're not going to you. We're not going to choose one of these without the other. That's right. She says the same thing that Ross says. Yes, in the, in the book. Yes, we need, we need both. We need both, and it needs to, you know as Jessica Benjamin uh, is you know the doer done to. It's this. It, we need to recognize each recognize the other's otherness. Mm. Um. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and be willing to recognize uh, the the other's uniqueness and differences, mm-hmm. um, while at mm-hmm. the same time being willing to assert one's own mm-hmm. truth, one's own self. And yeah. when that collapses, that collapses into dominant submission. Right, right. The feminists have a, a theory um, back in the eighties. They called self in relation. Mm. So it's you know yes. maintaining a self, but connecting with another in like you're yes. saying mutual recognition. Yeah, in recognition. You know the the scene that that really gets to me. And this is maybe my hospice background. Um, mm. Mm. 
that she is quite naturally uh, pouring her uh, heart out about her misgivings, her her uh, the, her losses, uh, that which she's always imagined she would do. Now that she now she's realizing she can't, calling her father. Um, uh, Papa in in Spanish, she would deliberately call him dad in English uh, because she's American and she wants to be identified in English. And she's grieving the fact that she never called her, wouldn't call her father Papa or the the Spanish the Spanish uh, title for that. And then all of her grieving about Cuba and and mm. never being able to go back. He mm-hmm. he can't be with her. Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. I think speaks to his inability to to be in his own mortality. He he keeps telling her, "No, you're not going to lose your breath. No, you're not going to mm. be deformed. No, no, you're going to be able to go to Cuba. No, you know, don't worry about your father. Your father loved you. You know." Never mirroring her, never really being with her mm. during a stage of life um, and this confrontation with her dying that requires her to come to terms with that which she she has lost, that which she mm-hmm. is is having to give up, that which she is grieving. Mm-hmm. He couldn't be with her. No, anymore. no. As right. if it was too threatening to him. Yeah, I think that maybe speaks to the age issue because she would be the issue, the age of her father, mm. and he doesn't want to look at that at all. Mm. Mm. In fact, yes. that's why. Yeah, I th- I think it's a smokescreen, right? Yeah. Uh, for yeah. the lack of in- emotional intimacy, but I yes. think maybe that's why. Um, maybe that's because, interesting. You know, yeah. He he and he was always you know he has a line where he says he was always aware of that every second. Yes, he was the age issue. And there's that great scene in his fantasy where she's uh, coming up the stairs to the Lincoln Center. um, And he imagines uh, this is when he's feeling uh, jealous that he imagines some younger man coming and taking her away because that's what he would have done and did do his whole Mm -hmm. life. Yes, yes, yes. He was the younger man. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I think. the Yeah, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, uh, there was a line that just came to me in the movie where she says, when she, after she tells him what's, you know, that she's got cancer and such, that she says, for the first time, I feel older than you. Yes. You remember yes. that? Yes. Because he's broken down. He's yeah. weeping. Yeah. And she's trying to be stoic and accepting this. Yeah. And yeah. Because he's like in a puddle, like a child. Yeah. Um, we didn't. We didn't talk about. I think we talked about this before in one of our pre pre podcasts. Yeah, 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 yeah. Of how he's uh, 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 he's such a pooer. Yeah, he is. You know? and yet he's such a senex on the outside. Yeah. He's everything is ordered. Everything. He's so rigid. But inside, he he's not he's not able to grow up at all. Yes. Yeah. You know that's interesting. The the pu'er in him, and she and she's more senex because she is grounded. She's grounded in her mm-hmm. body. She's grounded mm-hmm. in herself. And w- the discussion they have in the film, that I think, is is more developed in the in the book, is around the metronome. Mm-hmm. And he tells her that you know the metronome because I think she asked. They're talking about music, mm-hmm. and she asked about mm-hmm. that. Uh, artists, even the best of uh, mm-hmm. musicians. Mm-hmm. 
uh, have a tendency to rush. Mm-hmm. In the film, they say accelerate, a tendency mm-hmm. to rush their music. Mm-hmm. So they use the metronome to, to mm-hmm. keep them uh, yeah. on beat. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's such an image of mortality to me. Mm. Uh, the, the, it's time. it's nature's yeah. time. It's time. It's yeah. that that's Senex, right? Senex yeah. is is in the realm of time is and space mm. and and it's the puer that wants to rush, yeah. right? It's the puer yeah. that wants yeah. to rush ahead to the next fantasy, you yeah. know, like Peter Pan, the next adventure, yeah. Yeah. right? Yeah. And he had, you know, Peter Pan has no memory of what went on be, before that because he's not yeah. interested in that, right? Right. right. Yeah. That's but she good. holds a lot of Senex energy for him. Yeah, 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 I, I agree. Yeah, I, what I think, yeah, that's that's great to focus on that because to me, when you, you say that, it also reminds me of this manic sexuality. I would call mm-hmm. it manic. Every yes. year, choosing a woman. Let's yes. just have, let's just, you know, make the notches in the belt yes. <laughs> of how yes. many women he's had. Yes. And there's a manic native feeling to it. Yes. You know, and you, you mentioned the sun. I, I think you know his mm. inability to be to be to move into his manhood because i think all of that mm. sexual compulsion was was ultimately uh, a way to avoid to avoid it you know even mm. if he thought he was more manly i mm. think mm. ultimately to move into one's manhood is to come to terms with one's mortality and to mm-hmm. to to be to have a different relationship to death so he could he never could move into his fatherhood, which re, which requires that, right? Uh, he leaves yeah. his son. Yeah. He has this, you know. He he never really shows himself to be the father. He's more competitive with his son. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think the movie tries to resolve it because they make the son uh, uh, the yeah. doctor, and then yeah. they have this yeah. intimate, you know, right, moment right, at the right, end. Right. Right. And the son, you know, it turns out the son is having an affair now. He's married right. and has an affair. So he's repeating his father's uh, behavior. But in the film, and I don't remember in the book, he he mm. comes to him with this dilemma. You know, what do I do? And, you yeah. Know, and yeah. It's, he's not much help. He, no, you know. no. Um, but the son in the film decides to to tell his wife and stay with mm-hmm. his wife. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Which suggests, you know, mm-hmm. uh, perhaps a movement uh, deeper into a relationship. You know, it's mm-hmm. like James Hillman's um, classic uh, essay on betrayal. You know, mm-hmm. the the and betrayals all over this oh, film, right? Yes, yes. The, mo- the movement. You know, he he has a great line in there. He said, uh, "In hidden in trust is the seed of betrayal, yeah. and mm-hmm. hidden in betrayal is the seed of forgiveness." And that moves that moves us into a deeper levels of love, you know, from that childish love, right, uh-huh. that we start out with. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's that's a, that's a great association. And and she was able to embrace the betrayals. She was betrayed by him, but she was able to to move past that back into relationship with him at the end. I think that's very important. Yeah, she yeah, she she wanted something from him for herself. She yes. I think she knew when she went I my fantasy is because she said it in the hospital room, uh, I'll miss you. Yes. <clears throat> I think she knew the relationship was over and yeah. had been over and wasn't going to get rekindled. Yeah. <laughs> but she wanted something from him very specifically. Yeah. 
yeah. for herself. Yeah. What do you think the photographs were about? That's so interesting. She she never gets picks up the photographs apparently, mm -hmm. but she she wants these photographs of herself. Right. Right. Um, yeah. yeah. Of her breasts, of his, of him, him doing you know doing the photography, of him being involved in a very intimate. And I love the this mm -hmm. the sequence in the film of her mm -hmm. just being so open to this but you, the the look her her eyes yeah, the look yeah. on her face the grief yeah. the the pain yeah. of that that was a very poignant scene it was she very slowly disrobes yes and takes her shirt off but full of pain yes and grief yeah it was beautiful really really touching she was present in her body yes um, I think maybe it's just to know that they exist and it's a yeah. way it's a concrete object even if she didn't look at them or take them that was the way they connected. Yes. Maybe it's holding on to something that they could have had, but then lost. Yes. Um, there was a sense of immortality in that, that, that she was already mm. thinking, what's, what is she leaving mm. behind? And yeah. he, and he, he, yeah. he, he, he didn't go there yet. He was still, no, mm -hmm. you're not going to, you're going to be okay. No, you know, mm -hmm. in denial. But she was already thinking, what was she going to leave behind? And was mm -hmm. he, she leaving that behind for him uh, that's great. to be able yeah. to hold her in mind after she was gone? That's beautiful. I like that a lot. I do. Because then that fits with my, you know, the archetypal idea that she's a trick. She's bringing this trickster yeah. energy She's, you know, she's acknowledging that he's not there yet, maybe sometime soon. Yeah. And here's a token, here's a, a symbol yes. of all that could have been. If yes. could. And, and the fact that it's her breast is, um, it's holding all that potential yes. to beyond it. Yes. You know, he lost the woman, but he's got the breast. What does that mean to him? Right, right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this this whole struggle at the the end just reminds me of uh, the struggle at the end of life is is one mm. of many different um, situations, many different ways that it manifests. But it's a, mm -hmm. it is ultimately a struggle between mortality and immortality, and and the 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 urge or desire to know you know what is left behind. You know, Jung said. Mm -hmm. You know, not to have a conception of life after death is a great waste. It's a great, it's a great unfortunate that we at least have to struggle with uh, some conception of life after death, uh, even if we have to admit failure. Mm -hmm. And to me, that is um, that that speaks to this idea of the tension between immortality that really ri rises to a you know a crescendo towards the end of life it's what mm -hmm. is mm -hmm. what am i leaving behind mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah i have clients who talk about what will my legacy be yeah yeah well um i we, we may be close to wrapping up and i just want to yeah. make sure to say these two quotes that i yeah. love please do um jung famously said where love rules there's no will to power Mm. And where power predominates, love is lacking. Yeah. The one is shadow of the other. And I think in the film, 
it it shows that like you're saying the 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 push to have those two somehow come together power of being human of yeah uh and so it and, and then the other line is um what comes being if we embrace our humanness there's a lot of power in that mm-hmm. and then the other line i love is um it comes from actually um commentary on genesis uh it's 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 uh the line is the power of love upsets the order of things ah wow 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 yes yes well that's it speaks to the film Mm -hmm. it upsets the order of things that's beautiful Mm. and i mean he says in the film and the book love fractures you yes yes Mm. yes george George says that i think i think that comes out of george George, Uh, love fractures us uh, (laughs) it uh it, it it cracks us it cracks us open well, I, you know, we didn't get, we didn't just say these other great lines mm-hmm. about attachment. Um, and I don't think George meant that, that it opened us up. Actually, I think he meant, um, he says stuff like attachment is ruinous. Yes, he did um, say that. Attachment is ruinous. Your enemy, attachment is your enemy. Yes. He who forms a tie is lost. The eternal problem of attachment. He goes on to say, this is, must be, I don't know if this is in the film. This need, this derangement. Yes. There's, there's yes. The, the, the lack of ability to be dependent. Yes, yes. Well, I think George, George is saying, and I think it's consistent with what you're saying, this cracking open. He is not describing as, um, as, is necessary or important it, it, describing yeah. it in negative terms that this you can't let this happen yeah uh, love cracks yeah. he's he's you know he wants to preserve david as you know this god you know mm-hmm. it's an interesting choice of, of words we didn't go into the names david as you know mm-hmm. david from the bible mm-hmm. who uh who's you know seduced bathsheba mm-hmm. And you know, and suffered for that in terms of his relationship with God, and mm. and was denied the the right to build the temple, right? Mm. That was left for mm. Solomon. So mm. this this sin, the sin of Moses, I think it was called, um, was was it's a perfect name for Kapesh. Uh huh. But Consuela means comfort. Oh, it does. Oh, yeah, Beautiful. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh-huh. Huh. Yeah, and I, you know, I just I was reading a book uh, called a nonfiction book. It's called On Consolation, and it's the writer goes through uh, all, many writers in the history, thinkers and theorists from mm-hmm. history in in terms of their writing about consolation, and the consolation is around comfort at the end of life. Oh, perfect name! Comfort with mort- with our mortality. Oh, wow. Huh? Huh? So. Okay. Do you think we... I think we we covered it. Yeah, I I um, think we did too. Can I just say one more thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do love this film. Yeah. Um, We never mentioned Carolyn. Yes. Who is the other woman we see him in relationship with, another former student 
mm-hmm. that he had ongoing that he chose to have sex with and that he's continued to have sex with every three weeks or so. I think she's a businesswoman. Yeah. She just gives him no, she, no commitment sex. That's all he wants. She's a comfort to him. Yes. Uh, played beautifully by uh, Patricia Clarkson. I love yes. that actor. There's a really interesting scene in that, that I only caught second time around where, um, you know, it's established very quickly that she's very different. You know, he he's he um he has to, he ends up lying to her and just because he's in love with Consuela. Anyway, there's a scene where right in the beginning where she comes, Carolyn comes, they have sex, and they're in bed together after sex, and she notices a the play ticket on his bedside table, yes. and she says, "Oh, I didn't know you were reviewing plays." Still, he said, "Oh yeah, every once in a while." Um, and he's, and she says, oh, she looks at it carefully. She says, oh, I'm going to be out of town then. And he said, mm-hmm. oh, don't worry. I'll go with George. And of course we see that he goes with Consuela. Yeah. yeah. But to me, that said that even she was wanting something more than sex. Yes, yes, yes. And yes. they have this great conversation after George dies and um, they're sitting together, Carolyn and David on the couch. And he and she says to him something like, this is the most intimate we've been all yes. these years. We, 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 we haven't talked like this. We're, we're finally talking. We kept she says we kept acting like teenagers our whole lives. This is the most honest conversation we've had. He uh, says that. He says that. He, he says, says that. that. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And and it's a, yeah, that's an interesting scene because that was not in the book. Uh, in fact, mm-hmm. in the book, after the tampon scene where she discovers Consuela's tampon and, you know, accuses him of having an affair. Mm-hmm. And th- I think that story ends. Carolyn ends there. But in the film, mm-hmm. she stays with him. She believes him. she stays with him. And then he reveals in that mm-hmm. scene that, you know, that she's he's been in love with this woman. And yes. um but it's interesting. He says, and they re- both realize that they've denied they've denied each other the intimacy. Mm-hmm. Um, he offers to take her to the airport because she was leaving. Oh yeah. And he and she yeah. says, "No, I start now." So to me, yes, yes, he, yes, she is him in female form. Yes. Right? Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Yeah, and and she's quite the foil to Consuela, and I think yes. an important yes. foil. Um, yeah. yeah, because this was this yeah. was this was all he expected out of life, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe mm-hmm. she maybe she did want more. Yeah, but she didn't. She couldn't get there like David. Couldn't get so there. She couldn't yeah. get there like David. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Well, this was wonderful as always, Dan. Thank uh, you so much. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. Till this next is, time. Till next time. Yeah. yeah, and maybe it'll be Jean Dielman. Ah, maybe Jean Dielman. We'll talk. We'll talk about that. Yeah, the number one greatest film of all time, rated yeah, by right. Sight and Sound. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Three and a half hours long of monotony <laughs> until the end. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if there's a lot we're going to talk about until we get to the end. We could talk about the end. <laughs> we could talk about the end for an hour. Yeah, yeah, yeah we totally yeah. could. Yeah. <laughs> well, we have, we have other films to talk about, too. Yes, yes. Well, thank you. Thank you. 
I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening. If you'd like more information about training programs, archives, this podcast, or to find a Jungian analyst near you, visit our website, jungchicago.org. Thank you to our 2021 donors who gave at the contributing member level or above. The Arlene M. Feiner Trust, Barbara Anon, Arlo and Rena Kampan, Judith Cooper, Kevin Davis, George J. Didier, Mary Doherty, Carl and Patricia Greer, Ryan Mayer, Patricia Martin, Boris Matthews, Sue Rosenthal, Diane Sherwood, Debbie Stutzman, Lawrence Chad Tingley, Alexander Wayne and Lynn Kopp, Gerald Weiner, and Ellen Young. You can also become a supporter of this podcast by visiting our website, youngchicago.org. Thanks.